We're back. What's up, everyone? Welcome to Bench Bros, another edition of this great sports podcast. Happy 4th, and hope it was a nice and, and enjoyable one. We're in the middle of summer. Stuff's coming back. Brandon and Ant are with me. Guys, what's happening? Boys, what up? Um, yeah, 4th of July was pretty good. Um, I've been uh, I've been looking at this ESPN and Sports Center of all these athletes now catching these massive fish. So I'm kind of like on to this now. That's why I kind of hesitated a little bit. I'm watching a this is a picture of Paul bass George. Masters. Yeah, Paul George catching a nice sized bass. Very nice. <laughs> but anyways, yeah, Fourth of July is very nice. How about you guys? It was great. I was back in New Jersey. I pretty much did like a traveling triangle. Went from PA, drove through Bama and all that shit down to Florida. Flew from Florida to St. Louis and drove from St. Louis to New York City. You guys did the reverse. Yeah, I guess you could say that. It was about 18-hour drive from PA down to Florida and then... 14-hour drive from St. Louis to NYC. Dude, once we got into Alabama, though, it was uh, roll tide everywhere. Like, we had to stop at Lowe's to get a bolt for the boat trailer. Everyone was just wearing Alabama roll tide shirts. Like, literally everyone in the store, and there was like 30 or 40 people. Where where were you in Bama? Outside of Auburn. That's the crazy part. Hmm, That's really (laughs) weird. Nobody (laughs) likes Auburn. There's very few Auburn fans down there, I feel like. Yeah, the ones that go to Auburn. <laughs> That's yeah. it. Pretty much, yeah. But it was a nice salt. It was like great weather, too. Alabama, it stormed, though. But other than that, it was like was crystal Destin. clear skies. Destin was beautiful. Yeah, great. Right on the water. Yeah, emerald emerald sand, too. It was like white sand. It's gorgeous. Do any That's fishing? Thing about the Gulf Coast. No, I didn't do any fishing yet. My dad got Dude. the boat out like this week. Oh man, that hurts. Dude, I was down there for like that two hurts, days man. after traveling for eighteen hours. I mean, that, that next really time I go hurts, down there, I'm gonna definitely fish. All right, good because that. You like, only spent two days there. Feel well. Yeah, because then the Thursday I had to fly out. Oh, that sucks. I know, I know, but hey, for a thirty-dollar plane ticket, I can go back again. <laughs> Did you fly Spirit? No, Allegiant. Worse. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that is worse. People always uh, say Spirit is like the worst airline. I'm like, nah, buddy, it, it's Allegiant, dude. It's They're terrible. Really not. Yeah, it's really but not. Spirit is like smooth sailing compared to these other small companies. Like, dude, Allegiant was just bumping, and it felt like the whole entire plane was made out of, like, sheets of, like, from old grills and cars. <laughs> like something you made in your backyard. Could have been. They're on a budget. Budget cuts. Budget cuts. Yeah, budget cuts yeah, everywhere. Airline, airline budget cuts. All right, we got a packed show since we were off this 
past week, so we got to do a bit of house cleaning. So first topic we got, Cam Newton finally found a home. We were speculating for about two months now where he was going to go, if he was going to sign anywhere, and he ends up signing with the New England Patriots. And the Patriots were fined $1.1 million and a third-round pick. 15 minutes before Cam Newton signed on, they were fine because of those uh, Cincinnati Bengal video allegations, whatever. It doesn't matter. But anyway, Cam Newton finally found, finds a team up in the AFC East. It's a one-year, $1.7 million contract that could be worth up to $7.5 million with incentives. He finally gets a home. He's been working out on Instagram, posting videos on YouTube. So he, he's very excited to get rolling with Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots. So, guys, what do you think about this addition? I think it's crazy that um, well, I don't. I don't want to say it's crazy. I want to say that it doesn't surprise me that he went to Patriots because it seems like every single player, if they get if they become a free agent, they at least go to the Patriots at least one time, whether it's for a month or for a whole season or a whole year. They at least go to the Patriots one time. So I don't know what they're gonna do with him, um, but. I mean, he, he, you know, he found a home, so good for him. I think it's a great move. I think Cam Newton will fit right into that system. I think they'll be a 500 team this season at best. Well, I think they'll change the system because Cam can't be like Tom Brady and just sling the ball all over the field. That's not his style of play. He's more dynamic with using his mobility in his legs than like just using his arm. He's not really that accurate, but. Once he, once he gets going, he, he becomes accurate. But I don't think you're going to see him throw like 40 or 50 times. I mean, I don't know if Bill Belichick's really going to change the system. Yeah, it'll be- I think I think he will because this is – look, this is a one-year contract and literally the quarterbacks for like the next few years coming out of the draft are all – uh, RPO running option. So maybe this is like a test run for the Patriots to either draft like Justin Fields or that North Dakota State kid that apparently is really, really good. And the other quarterbacks too, like Trevor Lawrence runs the RPO. It's just the way the NFL is kind of t- turning. They're turning into the RPO style offenses. So maybe this is a trial run for Bill Belichick and Josh McDaniels to learn how to you know, operate with a mobile quarterback. And Cam Newton's still pretty good, too. It's just the injuries that keep bugging him. I could definitely see that for sure. The game is definitely changing. So that's definitely a, a high possibility that it could be just a test run for uh, for Bill Belichick to see, you know, how they could use the R, the R, <clears throat> the run play option. Um, run yeah, pass still, option. Run, pa- run pass option. Sorry. My yeah. Fault. Um, to see um, – yeah, no, to do the run run pass option, it would be a good test for, for Cam because he's still a big body. He can still move pretty well. He's been training hard. Um, I think that he'll come back fresh and ready to go. Now, he doesn't really have anyone to throw it to. That's the problem. They yeah, I was only just going to say, element. <laughs> they, still have, they still have Muhammad Sanu, though, right? Yeah, I think he's still there, but he it seemed like he wasn't even present last year. Yeah, well, I mean – I feel like everything – I feel like they didn't ha- – I mean, they didn't really have a great season. Tom Brady didn't play all that well. So, I don't think any of their receivers had a really standout season. I mean, Julian Edelman was pretty quiet. Miss Sanu was pretty quiet. I mean, 
I think that Kevin rookie Newton, didn't do anything. Nikhil yeah, Harry. Yeah, and I know he's he's got a ton of potential. So I think Cam Newton. He's a fresh face. Um, he's a younger guy, and I think he'll he'll add some some good stuff to that team, and they might build a good chemistry throughout the season. Yeah, well, I know they have the toughest schedule to start with. I mean, it is absolutely brutal. They got to start out with the Dolphins, but then after that, it's the it's at the Seahawks, the Raiders, at the Chiefs, Broncos, uh, 49ers, Bills, Jets, and Ravens in like the first eight weeks. Those are all pretty good. Honestly, Dolphins always play good against them, and then they got it. Go against the Ravens, they play good against them. And Super Bowl Chiefs, 49ers is a good team. The Bills Seahawks. are nasty. Seahawks, those are all really good teams. And also, during this quarantine, he hasn't had any reps in the system. So who knows how much he's going to learn during this preseason. We'll talk about the preseason in a little bit. But you got Stidham that's already there. And people are saying, well, maybe Sidham will start out the season because he knows the system well. So who really knows how this experiment's going to go in Foxborough? But it is a one-year thing. I think this is going to be like a Cam Newton prove-it year, and then he can go sign somewhere else potentially next year or sign with the Patriots again. If but the I, Patriots – my bad. I was about to say, I think the pa- Patriots are significantly better with Cam- if Cam Newton's able to play and stay healthy. I think they can at least contend for one of the wild card spots. I don't know about the division, but at least like contend for a playoff spot. This year will be the deciding factor to see if they will not make the playoffs this year. And if they don't, that's because we can assume now or we almost have evidence that it's because of Tom Brady. You know, because it's he's been with that team for such a long time that not having him on that team anymore, like let's see what it's like. You know, it should be. I'm excited for it to see number twelve down in Tampa instead of uh, in New England. Should be pretty crazy to see that. Yeah, Brandon, what do you think? Where do you think this team finishes? Are they a playoff team, or are they just gonna miss the playoffs and be like six and ten or seven and nine? The Patriots. Yeah. Uh, they've never had a losing season, so I'd say they finish eight and eight or better. I don't think they're gonna be ten and six or twelve and four. I think they finish eight and eight or nine and or or nine and uh nine and seven at best. I mean they got all new guys. They lost their their veteran quarterback that's been with them forever. So it's it's gonna be a learning experience for everybody and for that team to build chemistry, especially on the offense. And on the defense, they lost some veteran pieces too. Kyle Van Noy is gone. Uh, some of the corners are gone. The McCordy twins are still there. And Stefan Gilmore is still there. But it's going to be a learning curve for pretty much everybody. And I, I really think they finished 9-7 and seven to try to get in the postseason. It's a hard schedule at first, but then it kind of eases a bit down the stretch. And they still play the AFC East. I don't trust any of these AFC East teams at all. The AFC East is still trash. I don't care what anyone says about the Dolphins with Tua. I don't care about the Sam Darnold hype train. I mean, the Bills are getting a lot of hype right now, but they could get a little uh, slow with their schedule because their schedule is just as hard as the Patriots are. So I I don't know. I think the Sam Darnold hype train left last season. I I just don't see any any more hype. I just don't buy into them, dude. Not many people are anymore. After watching Sam Darnold play last year against the Dolphins, it was just 
I'm not going to say it's his fault, but it was the most boring. I think, Wes, the game me and you went to was the most boring athletic event I ever went to. Not football (laughs) game, athletic event. Dude, it was all field goals. Do you remember? You haven't been to a high school women's basketball game yet, dude. I mean, no, more, way more (laughs) exciting. Dude, seriously, it was all field goals, remember? And it was all post passes, every single one. Like, I don't even think they ran the ball. It was just like curls and, and post the whole time. It the dude so only has ass. Le'Veon Bell, and like his offensive line is trash. I mean, they are awful. So it, it's like the Jets organization is trash. They're just like the Knicks. They they bring in like talented guys to come play for them, and then the guys just don't play well, or it's just a spot for them to stay for a bit, and then they leave somewhere else. Like, think about it. If, if Sam Darnold was on the uh, Browns, I think he'd be a lot better, but he just really hasn't proved to me that he could be a franchise solid quarterback for years. He reminds me of like a bad version of Ryan Tannehill, like a decent version of Ryan Tannehill. And I think Ryan Tannehill was good in Miami for a bit, but never Ryan got Tannehill to like was, that full uh, potential. Ryan, Ryan Tannehill was great in Miami. It's just the fact that he had no support. He had no support from the coach. He had no support from the offensive line. He had no support. He had Devontae Parker, Jarvis Landry for some time, and uh, Kenny Stills, and that was it. But like you said, you know, with Eli Manning, is if you don't have time to pass the ball, how good are you going to be? He just kept constantly getting hurt. I mean, look what he did with the Titans. He just got just got to find the right system. These guys are professionals. They can play anywhere. They just need to find the right system. Uh, you want to talk about quarterbacks? You want to talk about this Mahomes contract right now? I mean, like, dude got a freaking monster, monster deal. So it was a 10-year extension after these next two years of his rookie deal are done. And the deal's worth over $450 million. It totals out to $477 million. It could be increased by another $25 million due to incentives, which brings it all the way up to $503 million. It's the richest deal in sports history. And... He's got a, I think the signing bonus was $10 million. This dude, after two years of actually playing in the NFL, he's pretty much set for life. What do you guys think of this deal, and especially you, Ant, because I know you're against about players getting paid ridiculous amounts of money. But, hey, Patrick Mahomes, he kind of earned it, don't you think? So I am for this deal. I mean, I, I, <laughs> I am for him getting paid, let me say. I don't, I don't, maybe I don't want to say 500 million. I mean, that's a half of a billion dollars to play the game of football. You know, there's one Bill Gates, there's one Steve Jobs, there's many different quarterbacks in this league. Um, and that's a lot of money just to gamble on someone who hasn't, who has done stuff, but is not guaranteed to win another game. He really, it's, he's not guaranteed to win another football game in the rest of his career. Like, that's the truth. But he is a stand-up guy, so for somebody like that, I would pay a little bit more because I know that, I mean, thinking about doing the right thing, that he would put his money in a good place rather than just, um, I mean, this is going off the business side of things, but I'm just thinking, like, ethically. Like, I I think he is worth the money. That is a lot, but uh, like I said, he's a stand-up dude, so I know he would do the right thing with it anyways, like donate or whatever. I mean, I think that's got to be like the <clears throat> the biggest contract for any athlete. 
It is. It's the richest one. It's the richest deal in the history of sports. That's crazy. And And I don't think they're going to have any more money to sign anybody else. Well, I've been hearing that it's been right. And I've been hearing that it's kind of on and off about his annual salary. So it kind of makes room for him to get or like the Chiefs to get more uh, position players and sign more players. I mean, he's got to play the next two years on his rookie deal. So he's still getting paid uh, that rookie contract that he signed when he was a 10th overall draft pick back in like two years ago. But hey, I mean, like the salary cap is just going to go up from here. So, and he, he signed 10 year extension. So dude, by the time, like the end of the deal is probably going to be done. Quarterbacks will be worth like 50 or $60 million anyway. That's what the market's probably going to be because the cap is just going to go up and up and up. I mean, think about it from this, this year compared to like 10 years ago where Brett Favre and Peyton Manning were the highest paid quarterbacks. And it, it was like 12 million a year. And like know, even that was just like, oh my gosh, that's too much. And like now you're getting a forty-five million dollar contract. It's a lot I don't of know. money, man. It's bigger than a baseball contract, and we know baseball always has the biggest contracts. Yeah, it's yeah. like Bryce Harper's right up there. I mean, and look at even Carlos if Mahomes when he first came into the league, right? And I mean, look at um. Guaranteed money, like guaranteed money. If he, even if he gets hurt, it's 114 million. million. Yeah, I mean, good for Patrick Mahomes. He's just been ascending every single year. He won the MVP in his first full season of playing, and then he wins the Super Bowl in his second season, even when he hurt his knee in the middle of that second season. So, what else can this guy do? I mean, do you guys really think he's gonna win? another Super Bowl or like how many more Super Bowls will Patrick Mahomes win during this contract? I don't really understand the way they do contracts because Tom Brady accepts way less and he has like what five Super Bowls, six Super Bowls. He's got five or six, right? Yeah. Do you guys six. know? Six. Six. Five it's five MVPs or whatever. What so six Super Bowls, whatever. Six Super Bowls. Patrick Mahomes has one. And Tom Brady has a contract nowhere near of what Patrick Mahomes has. So I don't know what these teams are thinking. Like they're just like writing down a number on a piece of paper and saying, oh, yeah, let's do that. Like, I don't know how they do the contracts. But like I said, at the end of the day, I want to leave the game knowing that I, I did the best I could and that I, you know, went to play for my coaches, for my teammates, for myself, for my for my friends, family, all that, and hopefully won a couple Super Bowls and a couple MVPs. And honestly, if I don't get an MVP, whatever, but I want to know at least that I won a Super Bowl with my team at least a couple of times be nice rather than saying, okay, well, I pulled in all this money, and, you know, did I even deserve it? I, I didn't even get to make it to a Super Bowl until I made all this money. I feel like there would almost be, like, some sense of guilt there as well if you are made the most money in the league and yet, you still got other players in the league that are more talented than you. Not saying that he's not a talented player, but it's only time until someone's going to catch up to his playing style and so on, which he has kind of changed the way he, he plays the game as the way he throws the ball sidearm and not the no look. I'll give him that, but I don't know. It really depends on, on the goal. 
what the so how many Super Bowls do you think he wins then during these ten years? Ten years? I don't know. That's too tough to say now in twenty twenty. Like if you're paying someone almost five hundred million dollars, he's got to win two, right? I would hope he at least wins three to four. Five hundred million dollars. I really hope at least four, at least three. I mean, Brandon, what do you think about this? Ten How many Super Bowls? Long, I mean, ten years is a long time, man. I mean, right. I, I, he's definitely got at least one, one or two, two more. I would say another, uh, definitely another one guaranteed. But that's all I can say. I can't predict how many, how many, how many he'll win in ten years. Definitely one. I think he's got one more. Yeah, guaranteed. I think one is. I think one is like probably the best. I mean, the over under for Vegas, they already have a betting line. Is how many Super Bowls will Patrick Mahomes win by the end of his career? And I think they set it at three and a half. I think it's. I would bet the under on that. I think it's one because look, everyone blew up about Aaron Rodgers once he won a Super Bowl. Everyone's like, oh my God, this guy's the greatest quarterback we ever see in NFL history. And he hasn't hasn't made it back since. So you can look at a Tom Brady aspect and like if Patrick Mahomes has like a career like Peyton Manning at least had appear in four Super Bowls, one, three or four MVPs, Win two will win two Super Bowls. I think that'd be a success for the Chiefs because look, the Chiefs didn't win a Super Bowl in fifty something years. And as a Broncos fan, I was loving to say that over Chiefs fans, like, "Hey, man, like, get to the promised land again," and then talk again. But now with Patrick Mahomes, I mean, he got him there, and he was a coin toss away from getting uh, them there two years ago. Like, he could be sitting here with two Super Bowl rings if he wanted to. But it's a tough road. I mean, I don't know how salary cap wise they're going to work. Him being on the rookie contract right now kind of works for the Chiefs to kind of sign everybody right now. I mean, Chris Jones right now is threatening to sit out and he's their best defensive player. And then you got to pay Tyree Kill. You got to pay Travis Kelsey. Mm-hmm. You eventually got to pay. Big names. Uh, yeah, exactly. Big you got to pay linemen. You got to pay defensive backs. Tyron Matthew is still there. So it's like. The way the money gets distributed, well, coaches don't hurt the salary cap. They're they're in their own thing. Oh, I see. Yeah, but with the way the salary cap is projected to go up, probably not this year because of the whole COVID thing. But after that, I think they're going to figure it out somehow. I mean, the Chiefs are run by a smart, smart uh, general manager and Andy Reid, like – Look, is he going to coach another five years? He's probably not going to even last his whole entire ten-year uh, extension either. So no. you got to think a coaching change is going to happen during this contract. I think Andy Reid, Brandon. I don't want to cut in front of you, but just real quick, I think Andy Reid and Patrick Holmes is a really good duo. It may not seem like it, but I think it's that the best. Pers- I think their personality. Okay, the way Andy Reid coaches, his actual style of coaching is say is saying this: take the ball and do what you want with it to some point. That's literally how the guy coaches the game. Patrick Mahomes is so damn talented that he can go ahead and do that. So I, I love I love that. It, sometimes less is better. You ever hear that expression where less is more? I really believe that simplicity and, and that type of coaching style of not sometimes not even knowing what the hell you're doing is almost in your favor. He is like the best play designer. Ever, dude. The things he does with Tyreek Hill and then adding 
uh, Hardman, like two speed guys. He's just like, yeah, let's just have Mahomes run a little bit. Let Hill sprint across the field, and then Mahomes just chucks it. it it's frustrating as a rival, but like you're like, dude, I wish I kind of had that. My gosh. Yeah, 10 years is a long time, like I said. And you can't predict what's going to happen in 10 years, but there will definitely be a coaching change. And he's going to go through a lot of different personnel on that team as far as coaches and teammates. Um, and it's going to be up to him to develop the chemistry. Um, but I would the only thing I could say is that he, he should the way he plays and, and how, how young he is and he has time to develop, I think he's definitely got one more Super Bowl guaranteed in the next 10 years. Yeah, I think at least one, and that kind of hurts for me to say. But it, he, he's an absolute stud, and it's very hard to get back there. Right now, I think them and Baltimore are the two uh, most favored teams right now to win the next one. So he, he plays in the AFC, which kind of helps him. The AFC is not as strong as the NFC is, as per se. But, hey, we could get a Patrick Mahomes-Tom Brady Super Bowl. We could. I mean, the, the amount true. of... Yeah, the amount of possibilities for Super Bowl matchups when it comes to quarterbacks is going to be unreal. But good for him. I think he totally earned it. And whether this is a team-friendly deal or not, we'll we'll see down the line. But he's definitely got sponsorship money. I mean, he's next in line for State Farm once Aaron hangs it up. Yeah, he's set. Kid's set for life. He's just got to... I, he just looks so ugly, too, with that curls. I don't know. You just had to throw that in there, Wes. I, I kind of – I had to. Dude, <laughs> dude, I'm talking about a, a rival team. I have to throw some shade. <laughs> Anywho, I NFL – curls like that, man. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Dude, uh, so NFL cut the preseason down to games instead of four. There's talks of it potentially getting canceled entirely and just having practices and joint practices. So that's an updating story. We'll see. I know you guys don't really like the preseason that much. And- I'll be so sad if they cut the preseason. So <laughs> sad. Yeah. Talk about, man. Brando, Brando, I know Brando will be crying. Yeah. Tears. Yep. I'm going to bury a football in my backyard. And put a headstone on it that says RIP preseason 2012 <laughs> or 2020 to 2021. Yeah. 2020-2021. Sign the ball. NFL preseason. Nah, dude, preseason, we talked about this. Preseason's almost like pointless. It's like just to get in there and mess around and have a little bit of fun and then get to the regular season. I mean, have I feel like you have to have some type of purpose in preseason, and I really just don't think it's there. But I mean, what do I know? I don't. I'm not on one of these. People go games, to the so games, man. For some reason, people still go to the games. I don't look. It's something to do. I mean, I go to a game just to tailgate, go watch a little football, and and hang out. You know, I mean, it's either cheap as hell too. Right. It's either go watch a preseason game or go watch a major league baseball game with like five fans in the stands. Like I'll go watch last year, single A baseball here. Single A that. baseball, <laughs> blue balls, baby. Let's go. I've never. I oh. think I may have seen one guy hit a home run in single A. Really? I've been going to their, going to their games for like 
years. And I think I saw so like what the pitching is just run. really good. <laughs> the pitching is pretty good in single A. Oh yeah, but some of these guys are throwing like in the nineties. So like some of them are 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 pretty decent, but they they just can't hit. Like none of these guys can hit. Like the whole game, I see a couple like like infield pop outs or like flyouts, or there'll be like a bomb to like center or left field, but just like won't go the distance at all. Like it won't even hit the wall. It's Who like are they affiliated dude. with? Ah, uh, Phillies. Oh, so kind of makes sense. I mean, it's single A, okay, but like it's still single A baseball. You should have, you should, like, if you're playing baseball, you should be able to hit over that fence. If you're playing semi-pro, and none of these guys, not saying they haven't, but all their like home runs zero, RBIs is like five, and their average is like in the two hundreds. Some guys are even averaging and like. High one hundreds. Do they even win games? The ones you go to, because it sounds like they don't even get a single run in. It's really boring. Some of them. It really is really boring. <laughs> the pitching is nice, like I said, but just the hitting is just like they. That's all these other team that that's pretty decent at hitting. Yeah. Get on base. That's the projective, right? Or um, objective, projective. Yeah. All right, other rules that the NFL uh, mandated for this season, they're going to ban jersey swapping um, Mm -hmm. at the end of the game, so no players are going to jersey swap. Uh, The front eight to ten rows in the stands will be covered by some tarp or like some banner for the team name or whatever, so teams are prepping to cut attendance uh, for the games by a drastic amount. I think Baltimore came out saying they were only going to allow 15,000 fans maximum. As of right now, the Packers have kind of said the same thing, and the Dolphins have had that plan out for about three weeks now. But it hasn't been announced yet what tickets are going to be like and who gets tickets or whatever. But teams are planning to cut attendance significantly. And who knows? That might be the only league that has fans right now. I know college football is kind of doing the same thing, but anyway, we'll talk about that later. Anyway, let's get into the Redskins. So sponsors for the Washington Redskins, including Nike, PepsiCo, and FedEx, are asking them to change the name. They have about $790 million of sponsorship money going to the Redskins. They're threatening to pull that if they don't change it. The Nike uh, website dropped any gear that says Redskins on it from the website. So FedEx sponsors the stadium to threaten to pull it. So it, they're, they're in a tough spot. Like there was a talk about this seven or eight years ago back in 2013, but now it finally arose up with all the um, recent racial injustice. But um, the Redskins sent out a, a press release stating that they will conduct a thorough review with the best entrance of all in mind. I know the Cleveland Indians released a press release saying the same thing. But it's been mainly focused on the Redskins. There's been Warriors dropped. There's been Red Tails dropped as like favorites for the name changing. So, guys, what do you think? Do you think they change the name? And if so, to what? Um, I really don't want to speak on it because it just gets me aggravated. There's never been a problem with that name for the past however many years they've been in, in existence. Same as the Indians. Um, I mean, if you're gonna if you're gonna go after these teams, go after the Blackhawks, go after the Florida State Seminoles, 
And if you want to rename them to the Warriors, I mean, what's what's I mean, I don't. I, it just doesn't make any sense, bro. It's all just bullshit, and I just I don't want to talk about it. It's a topic I don't want to talk about. If I were the Redskins, I'd drop my sponsors. If they don't want to sponsor me, that's fine. I'll find new sponsors. Somebody will want to pick up an NFL team to put their name on the stadium. I mean, I'm all for doing what's right, but Brandon, you're, like, you're not wrong. Fighting me, like, I respect your opinion. I, I really don't want to get much into this either because, I mean, we can go on and on about everything. Well, I don't like that, you know, on a spaghetti box that they have, Chef Boardee. You know, like, I, everybody can compa- complain about anything. Um, like I said, though, if it's an actual problem and things need to be changed, I'm all for it. Um, so, like, simple as that. If it's a problem, things need to be changed, I don't know what the name should be. Whatever it takes to establish peace in this world, just do it. Like, way beyond sports. We're at the point in this, in this, you know, in this time that, honestly, it's more than just sports. More than just sports names and team names is like, just do whatever you're going to do to make people come together instead of distance from each other. So, I, like I said, I don't want to get much into it either, but I hope that is clear enough. Well, I'll say from this standpoint, and I think it's a different perspective than what everyone is kind of looking for. Is that I mean, ever since the not like probably 1992 from when they last won the Super Bowl, they haven't really done much. And the fan base has just been trickling down like a toilet, just spiraling down. And attendance has been awful for the Redskins. So it it seems like this team like needs a reboot of some sort. Like it's just a it's just the name of a football team. In my opinion, it really doesn't matter. If you come up with like a cool concept and a cool logo and like it's a it's a catchy name. Like Washington Warriors is a bit catchy, but like something something else that could, you know, spark the fan base and spark more merchandise sales and more ticket revenue. I mean, it's it just kind of feels like the Redskins have been slowly going down. They lost RFK Stadium. DC won't even allow them back in because of like tax dollars or whatever. And I know they've been stuck in Landover, Maryland. It's kind of a it's kind of a shitty complex to be honest with you when I went to a Redskins game. And that was before they kind of started cutting parts of the stadium out to uh make it look a bit more appealing to go to Redskins games. So it, from a business standpoint, it wouldn't be bad if they name change it cuz it gives a spark to the fan base. You might have some like uh, people that are like, oh, why'd you change it? I hate it. I hate it. But then you get the rest of you get like newcomers coming in like, oh, I like that. Or like, oh, the jerseys look cool or whatever. You know, it could be a spark and it could help the players, too. They could spark up and like raise like a little bit of potential play because, you know, swagger is everything. If you if you feel good, you're going to play good. What about the Chicago Blackhawks and the Cleveland Indians and the New, New England Patriots? Patriot? Like, what about changing those names, too? I mean, if you're going to go on, that that wasn't my point. But I'm saying from those franchises are pretty successful. And it seems like the fan base well, really isn't revolting. Where, like, the Redskins, they have just been awful for, like, 25 years. It wouldn't be bad for, like, are, a name. It's just a name. I know. But what people are getting at is they don't like the name because it's, like, uh, social justice or whatever they're getting at. 
about how they want they don't want it to be tied to something of like people or whatever. You get you. Get I mean, look, that's why you're do- that's why they're doing reviews and everything. And you, know, Dan Snyder has been on on it many times, saying, "Oh, he won't change the name because of the racist history or whatever of the team." But like, look, it, this is not. Us three, we have no idea what Native Americans and Indian reservations think of this. So it mm-hmm. kind of leads up to that. And from my perspective, it, it wouldn't be a bad idea. It's kind of like going through uh, your garage and you're hanging on to something for long. And you just kind of just like, eh, I don't really need this. Let's get something new in here. Or like you had a, you had a camper for like 30-something years and then you see a fresh new one. And it's like it's time to part ways a bit. and Maybe get a new spark into uh, Washington, D.C. Because, dude, I'm telling you, no one really goes to those Redskins games. It's normally split down the middle, and like tickets are like three or four dollars to go. Well, I get what you're saying, but if you're going to change the name or culture of any team in the NFL, it needs to be the Cleveland Browns. That is the most that boring, too. blatant name. They have the most boring, blatant uniforms, and there's a reason that team plays like shit, no matter what kind of talent they bring over there. Because nobody wants to play for the Cleveland Browns. You're the Browns. Fans still for? go. I mean, yeah, fans still go. Been, That's Right, but it's been, fans still go to Redskins games. I mean, in my opinion, I think the Redskins uniforms and the team name is a lot better than the Cleveland Browns. So what I'm trying to get at is that they only want to change the name because of, like Anthony said, social injustice. But the Cleveland Browns are totally fine. If you're going to change That's the name another, and the culture yeah. to bring a fresh, a fresh update to these teams and get fans more intrigued and players more involved – Change the name of the Cleveland Browns. The fact that their sponsors are threatening to drop them because of their team name and, and whatever the, the meaning is behind the team, to me, that, should, that if, I were the, if I were that team, I would say, no, I'll fine, leave, and I'll find new sponsors. Just the whole backing behind to why they need to change their name, just it doesn't sit well with me. The problem, the problem is people are more worried about the way things look and what they like, what it's portrayed, rather than coming together. Like, let's say the Washington Redskins did a huge event where they they gave tons of money and food to like a bunch of homeless or poor people. People would still complain that the name was Washington Redskins. You see, what I'm saying like. I understand, like I understand where they're coming from, how they want the name changed, but at some point, it's a football name, you know. Exactly, like, it's a team name. It's a, <laughs> it's it's a team team name, like united as a team. But like I said, whatever whatever it takes to establish peace, let it be. Like if you want to change a name, that's going to make this world better. Let it be, because I'm sick and tired of just. Everyone is just sick and tired of all this hate and all this like negativity. Like more people need to spread the positivity and just be nice to people. I don't understand why everyone's just so pissed off and mad at everybody about not like just random stuff that everyone just I don't know, dude. You can just go on and on about this stuff. Everyone just needs to come together and just establish this peace. I mean, we have name changes happen all the time throughout uh Sports history. I mean, you had the Washington Bullets switch to the Wizards in the same exact town. It, whether they stick to the name or not, as long as it's a freaking awesome concept and like they look good on the field and everyone's all happy and joyful, like their fan their fan base is the most important. They don't care about what other outsiders or like fans of football think. It's, it's do do something that helps the whole entire organization and the league itself. So 
Maybe they could change their name to the Washington Pelicans. Yeah, exactly. I mean, look, the Charlotte Bobcats aren't – that's probably the most recent one where they switched back to the Charlotte Hornets. But, I mean, the Atlanta Thrashers, they were gone. The Winnipeg Jets. I mean, team name changes happen. Maybe they switch it to, like, the um, the Washington Anthonys or something. Fratinis. Yeah. Maybe after spark last, it up, you know. After my last name. Or like the Washington Trumpsters. <laughs> Trumpsters. Or like they should get like an ordinary object and just like brand it like a like a wash the Washington toilet paper. The Washington it's gonna, cubes. It's gonna come down to that, dude. I'm telling you, Washington two by four. <laughs> the Washington a, chairs. Yeah, Washington. Washington, yeah. Washington renovations. If Flex was owner. Dude, that's perfect. <laughs> Washington chairs or Washington table. Or or just like Washington football club. Like something something just ba- just Washington. Just like eh, we we're too cool for a team name. Let's just let's just be called Washington. Uh, or the flip flops. Or or the bassers. There you go. Washington bassers. I like that. That's a good name. Dude, the Washington Hooks. Or something with that city, you know, the Washington Points. Washington Circle Hooks. Yeah, you literally, they should just get a group of 15 people, get them high, and then they just start speculating on names. Just like, you know what would be a cool name, dude? The Washington Dinosaurs. Or something like that. <laughs> just a whole hour. They just throw out names and whatever is the coolest one they pick. Washington podiums. Podiums. It's all BS. That's a better just, name than the Like, yeah, just something ordinary that people can just be like, oh, they can't mess this up for a team name. And then it's just like the toenails or something like that. <laughs> I don't know. I'm kind. Of, I'm kind of excited. Like we haven't seen the team name change, and I, I re- really don't think it's a bad thing to explore and see if you have an awesome concept. But you know, it, it's a whole. You can go many ways to attack that subject, but I think it would be a nice reboot for that team. So, anywho, we'll move on. Anthony, I'm kind of getting scared a bit about our college football season, man. So Big Ten yeah. and the Pac-12 switched to conference-only schedules. The Ivy League in general just canceled all fall sport events for the 2020 season. We'll uh, reevaluate, ath- <laughs> reevaluate athletic activities January 2021. Stanford cut 11 varsity sports due to budget concerns due to the pandemics as the breaking point. Ohio State and North Carolina shut down athletic activities due to high amounts of positive tests. That's been swirling around too. College football has just been, it's the moneymaker for a lot of these programs, and it seems like it's going to be the sport that kind of gets the nick. So what what do you see about this whole entire Big Ten switching to conference-only games, SEC still going full force, Big 12 still going full force? Well, who knows what the ACC and Notre Dame are going to do? I think it's awful. I think it's awful. And I don't want to go too off-topic from sports, but we can look at a perfect example how Store A is open, but Store B is not. You can play games in your conference 
but you can't play games not your conference. Yet that yet a hundred man roster football team is still coming to your stadium, whether they're from Oregon, South Dakota, Alabama, Massachusetts, doesn't matter where it is. Yet you could still your team could still play a conference team, but not a non conference team. It doesn't make any sense. Well, I mean, look at the way the conferences are laid out too. Like some of them, the Big Ten is from like Nebraska all the way to New Jersey, so that's a that's a lot of land to cover. And plus, you have the Big Twelve where West Virginia is like all the way on the East Coast, and they have to travel to like Texas, Oklahoma, you Colorado. You want to stop the spread of this? Everybody just stay in their house and don't leave. I mean, like, I mean, everybody. Everyone who lives in our world, like, just do not leave your house for a month because it doesn't make a difference if you're playing Ohio State plays Michigan five times in the, in the college football season, but then they don't play Oregon or they don't play USC or they don't play these other teams. Like, it, it, it's still exposure to human beings. Yeah. And you're going to have ramped up testing. Like, I, they didn't release the numbers. I'm concerned what the Ohio State numbers were because apparently th- they were rumored to be worse than what LSU and Clemson got. I wanted they, to see Oregon. They didn't even release Oregon. They released Clemson. I know that. LSU. Yeah, and P- Penn State apparently had like one or two. I I don't. I'm not really sure, but. You know, it's a huge thing with these uh, these schools. Like, if you're gonna have students not on campus, then like, what what are the athletes then? Like, are are they prioritized to actually be on campus and play games for the school if everyone's just home doing online courses? It, it's it's kind of like that's misconstrued, and I just don't get that aspect of like if everyone else is home, why am I home? I get I'm playing a sport and stuff, but like the risk and like the way the decisions are made just because I'm here for you to have a football season still go on. It, it, you know, I, it's like I can sit out and save a year of eligibility and come back next year. Once like, you know, everyone's back on campus and I don't feel like I'm an employee. Let's just cut out all college football. Then if they're only going to do conference games, because either way you're traveling you're bringing all these people into the stadium. It's either all or nothing. The way I see it, go to your regular Dude, schedule or just cut it out. If they yeah, cut it out, I'll, they I'll, lose the four way. billion dollars. But that's the cares? thing; they're they're just they're already losing out. a ton. Yeah, they're already losing a ton of money right now. Dude, yeah, it's, but it's, like, look at what Sta- Stanford wrong. had to cut eleven sports due to this. Like, and it. No season has started yet. Like, dude, March Madness has already been canceled, and so many schools are suffering. There was a lot of schools that kind of went under, like some of these small schools. Stanford cutting a lot of sports, man. Th- it, it's th- it's rough. This whole situation with everything going on in the world right now is like not for me to lean on my own understanding, honestly. So whatever anyone decides to do, like it, they're just gonna do because like we don't have the power to say like no. It's going to be conference games. Is where we just as Bench Bros Sports Podcast, we just give our opinions and our informational knowledge on what we know um, and what we think is right. Um, but it's just like Brandon, like you said, like all or none at this point. Because what what does it really matter? What does it really matter at this point? 
okay, look, if you're going to, I'm not, if you're just going to like lean on the conference thing being a bad thing, I really don't think it's not a bad thing because you get how many, they play nine, nine or 10 games. It's like most of the schedule. You play like two non-conference games. Why can't they have conference games? You mean why can't they or have non conference games? Non conference games, yeah. I mean, dude, look if you have if you have a team like Alabama, which is a hot spot right now, and they're going all the way to Oregon, and let's say Oregon doesn't have it like they were scheduled to play USC. That's a perfect example. And like USC, like their team is spot on, but like all these Alabama the hot spots of Alabama, and you get all these staff from Alabama coming over to Texas could expose the whole entire football team. I get they want to make it regional and like look, the Northeast is doing really well right now compared to like the South. And I but get the that they want to make it regional everywhere. and like keep Yeah, I get it. But they want to prevent like another like second or third wave of just going higher and higher and higher. It's like yeah, I mean, I let's reduce travel. Truth. Let's reduce travel. This also helps them delay the season if they have to. Like they can start late September if they want because conference games don't really start till then. It's it's just a little bump in the road. There's brighter pastures than like the one we're on right now. I just hope that they do things for the right reason. They're just not like, oh, we're canceling it just because we feel like it because it's just too much corruption. Well, dude, look, look at from the perspective that I said earlier. Like, if you're only gonna have athletes on campus and students are all at home. Then it's like, well, why the hell are we here just to play football and make sure the money keeps going for the school? Like if you're an athlete and you're looking at that perspective, you're kind of like having second thoughts of like, well, why am I here? What does the, the university know that I don't? You know what I'm saying? And they're not even getting paid. They're just like zero bucks for just like staying in the – they're probably going to have to stay in the dorms. They can't go out anywhere. Only the football facility and their dorm room. Mm-hmm. Like think it, think of, think of it from that perspective, and like think about the other sports too that will possibly have to go through this: field hockey and soccer, um, track and field. You got basketball starting like November and December. Like, there's a lot of sports that happen on these big time universities, like hockey. There you go. That's another one with all these, and it's like you're gonna prioritize the athletes to stay there, and yet, like, I don't know how. If this is a worldwide thing, if like students can't like are not going to class or like if they're going to have students on campus or not. But if but if students aren't on campus, the athletes shouldn't be there either. Yeah, that's why I'm saying all or none. I mean, from my point of view, but I completely understand your point of view as far as, you know, you don't want to you don't want to spread the travel. You just want to keep it light. You know, like where you said, the northeast is doing really good and the southeast really is not. At this time, so um, as what we're being told, all you're but, doing uh, is just reducing travel. Yeah, exactly. Which is perfectly but, fine. Like Duke and North Carolina are like 15 minutes away from know. each other. Everything is just connected. We're neighbors of New York. That's neighbors of Pennsylvania. That's neighbors to Ohio to Indiana. It just keeps going. You know, it's just like that's why it's spread everywhere. All right, let's talk about sports that are actually coming back. NHL agrees with the new CBA deal with the NHLPA. They're extending it four years to make it official that the return-to-play playoff format for the NHL is starting on August 1st. Anthony, I know you're excited about that 
at least, a little bright spot here. The Hub Cities will be Edmonton and Toronto. The Conference Finals and the Stanley Cup Finals will be played in Edmonton. It was kind of a struggle to get Canada approved the 14-day quarantine for the NHL players from America to come in. So the Stanley Cup final will be scheduled uh, for September 22nd. That day is tentative to change. And uh, players going to return into Toronto and Edmonton or report to Toronto and Edmonton next week. So what do you think? First thoughts? Uh, I'm excited. It's coming back August 1st. It's less than a month away. Training camps are open on tomorrow, actually, 13th. Some are now. Yeah, as well. Um, And then the clubs will travel to the hub cities there, Toronto and Edmonton, which is interesting. That's both Canadians' um, territories on July 26th. Um, And then the first actual real round starts on August 11th. I'm just excited to see this come back, really. I just thought hockey was going to be one of those sports that was going to take forever to come back. Um, just with the way that things are, getting back inside an ice-cold rink. Uh, but this is nice to see that this is happening. Yeah, this is going to be probably the craziest playoff uh, ever in the NHL. I think guys but- are going to be coming really hard. I really, I really think these NHL is different. I think that the players are really just going to come back hungrier, faster. I I, I think um, just you're gonna. It's going to seem like there is no break. I feel like I really do. I think they may be a little sloppy, cycling the puck, and with their shooting and stuff. But I think as far as the energy and the heart, you'll definitely see that. Well, so who do you um? Who do you think has like a slight advantage? I know we can get into this like uh, right before it starts, but oh, I, I mean, like the I like the younger teams. So not Boston. I like the teams to the guys who are fresh, the guys who are hungry, the guys who um, haven't been to the cup, but then at the same time, experience is critical. So I don't know. It's just NHL is so. It's either or. It really could just it's split 50-50 right down the middle. Oh, but dude, I, I didn't even think about this. What are they going to do about the handshake line? Are they still going to have that? Probably At, like, not. the end of the playoffs? Yeah, yeah that's dude, big. Damn. That's big. That's probably not going to happen. That's a huge tradition. Yeah. Yeah, that's really big. Yeah, that's going to be so awkward. Dude, I'm pumped up from a gambling perspective because literally these underdogs can. We have no idea what these teams look like right now. No yeah, idea. Who knows who was training? Who knows who was sitting home doing nothing? Um, it's like, dude, it's not crazy season. to think that it's not crazy to think that the Canadians could possibly beat Pittsburgh, and Pittsburgh doesn't even qualify for the playoff. It's not, not crazy to think that at, at all. Not at all. You're 100 percent right because. Momentum is so important in the NHL, and that's why I'm slightly concerned about the Flyers, but I think that they had enough momentum going for them that they, they know the feel. And they want to get back to that position. They, they're confident in that, that they can make it far in the Stanley Cup Finals or the Stanley yeah. Cup Playoffs. Um, but as far as You think there's going to be a lot of high scoring? I, I kind of feel like there's going to be a lot of high scoring. Because, like, think about scoring. it. The, goal, the goalies have just been, like... Not doing much, and it takes a while for goalies to get back into it, seeing a lot of fast shots and mm-hmm. making sure the glove movement moving side to side. I, yeah, I think there's going to be lose, a lot of high scoring. 
you do lose some of your hand-eye coordination and your ability to react, but at the same time, these are professionals. They've done it for a long time. They're very well-coded. I think that they'll do enough training prior by themselves or with their one-on-one coaches that they'll be able to uh, get back to it quick enough. And you got to right. think, too, if the goalies slow down a bit, I think the players will slow down a bit with their shot, their technique. I mean – you just the best way to become good at something is with repetition, and when you yeah, stop dude. for a while, that's hard. Dude, I was so seeing Ovi gonna... snipe in his driveway with those pucks, man. He he's been sniping every day, if I know Ovi. <laughs> just they in the driveway, shoot, Yeah, so. these guys they practice hard, so I I really think it's not going to be. You're not going to see that much of a difference. I'm excited, man. I, I'm gr- I'm really excited to see what the I Angels think- going to unfold. I think this is going to be one of the best playoffs we'll ever see. Just the fact that it's a clean slate. I really think it could be anybody's cup this year. Yeah. Like more than the other years. Exactly. Like we don't agree on a lot, but you're 100% right that it could be a high possibility for the Canadians to win the cup this year as well. <laughs> Dude, can you imagine? Seriously. Oh, my god. You goodness. may not even see Tampa make it to the first round again. You may see the Flyers completely screw up. Right. Like you have no idea. Another sport that's coming back, too, is the NBA players reporting to their little bubble for the NBA return-to-play format in Orlando. Some of these players posting uh, Instagram live videos and photos of their food. It kind of looks like a kick was seen sometimes, but it honestly doesn't look terrible. But anyway, uh, Joel Embiid showed up in a hazmat suit. I mean, it looks like some NBA players are enjoying it and some aren't. LeBron showed up a couple days ago. They're all practicing, ready to go. Brandon, you excited for NBA to come back? And what do you think about these uh, players being in that bubble? I'm excited for it to come back. Um, um, the bubble thing. I don't, I don't know anything about it. What do they have to do? Quarantine or something? Yeah, they pretty much have to stay in their room or whatever. That I mean, honestly, if I was an NBA player and I had to travel out of state for however long, how many how many games is the season or the playoffs? I'm sorry. I think it's going to be till October, so three months. Mm-hmm. Man, I, to be totally honest with you, man, if I was a player, I'd probably sit out <laughs> rather than have to just show up to my hotel room, go to practice, go play a game, and then go back to my hotel room. I mean, they're getting paid That's, a bonus to play in this too, so yeah, it's like, I, oh, okay, I can do that a little bit. <laughs> I could, I could see the younger guys and and the and the not so well renowned players doing it, but bigger names like LeBron James, Joel Embiid. I'm surprised they even wanted to show up and play. To be honest with you, well, they probably got suites. You got to think that they, the NBA's got to give them the high end suites, and the regular guys just get regular hotel rooms. I mean, I don't know. I'm kind of interested to see how the NBA – because the NBA is so reactionary. Like, you can have bad vibes, and then you can have really, really good vibes when it comes to team to team. So, like, you know, maybe a small team like the Pelicans can make a run because maybe, like, the Houston Rockets or um, the OKC Thunder, like, they're probably having bad time in the hub, and they could get upset, you know? Who knows? Oh, yes, I, it's any it's anybody's it's anybody's championship. I mean, same thing with hockey. I mean, we except for the Nets, no one on the Nets showed up down there. Of <laughs> they course, all were like, no, nah, we're not going. <laughs> of course not. I I'm kind of excited to see both of these leagues go, man. I 
the NBA is kind of like, all right, who has like the talented player, like, and how many talented players are on your team? Whereas the NHL is kind of like who has the most momentum, like recently. So I'm kind of excited to see both of these back. MLB like players are reporting back to uh, stadiums and they're having practices. Um, UFC had their fight out. Did anyone watch UFC 251 yesterday? I don't think so. No, I didn't watch it. Uh, so they had they launched Fight Island in uh, Abu Dhabi on Yas Island, Y A S. And it was uh, the main event, Jose uh, Jorge Masvidal against um, Usman. Usman retained his title. There was a lot of exciting fights. I ended up watching it. It was a bit of a knockout. So three championship fights. Uh, one where Jose Aldo just got completely beaten down on. And then two retained. One match went full distance. It was very entertaining. He retained his title. Then the Usman and Masvidal fight where Usman pretty much controlled the whole entire fight from a wrestling standpoint. But I got to say this. To pull off Fight Island all the way in Abu Dhabi, and UFC is a predominantly American sport because they do most of their events here. I mean, you got to give credit to Dana White. He has been outstanding through this whole entire quarantine thing. And I think he's probably the best sports businessman when it comes to like owners and commissioners in the whole entire game right now, the way he's been able to schedule these fights during this whole entire pandemic when everyone was a naysayer against it, and they're having a success while everyone's out. I mean, oh, I don't know what sure. you guys it's- think about that, but like, I think Dana White is like the sports genius right now, even more than Vince McMahon, and everyone praises Vince McMahon to a high standard as a genius, but I think Dana White smashes that. He bought a whole fucking island. Yeah, I mean, for sure, dude. He's just been crushing it throughout all this. They haven't. They haven't stopped. They haven't slowed down. I mean, our fights have been regularly scheduled, and they've been really good fights. I mean, really, really good fights from week in and week out. And and it's the only sport on right now, so that's what people are watching. They're getting all the viewings. Yeah, and gambling. And what do you think? Because I know you're, we're all mostly boxing fans, but when mm-hmm. it comes to UFC, the way they've been able to schedule and get fighters to go commit to go fight on fight Island. I think it's just purely awesome. I don't really watch UFC at all. I just don't like the sport. I just think there's really not much purpose to it. Just get into the ring and just beat the shit out of human cockfighting. Yeah. I just, (laughs) I don't see any strategy to it. And like the, the, once again, this is me not being anywhere involved in UFC where someone may be like somebody who does do UFC be like, no, dude, you're completely wrong. And I would believe whatever they would say because they're in the sport. But at the same time, I just don't have any, any interest in that. I'd much rather just watch boxing. So I, I just don't have much input, honestly. But you got to think a dude buying an island so that way his business still goes <laughs> is a feat that is like awesome. Like that, that takes a lot of a like swagger and balls to do with the pull off and, and think about it all these fighters got to be committed to it too like they could easily be like oh no that's way stupid i'm not doing that and it pretty much like all the fighters were like yeah let's do it let's go to abu dhabi and let's fist fight each other mm-hmm. i think it's awesome what he's been able to do but um it's that's pretty, pretty cool. much it. on an island yeah, dude, and I think they're going to expand on it, too. I don't think this is just a one-time stint. I think they're totally going to expand on it once this whole coronavirus 
uh, pandemic is over, and I think they're going to sell out fights there. Pretty much make it like an amusement park to where people you're going to have UFC fans travel there and watch fights all the time. But that's pretty much it. Oh, one thing I wanted to touch on. I don't know if anyone watches the hot dogging contest annually. Joey but Chestnut? Joey Chestnut uh, this past year broke his original world record and ate 75 hot dogs in 12 minutes. I mean, dude. Where's that food I, going? Just, dude, down, down the pipe. <laughs> like, where can you possibly fit that? I just have to say, he's probably the most underrated athlete of all. I think he's one of the greatest athletes of all time, but he's so underrated. The way he just attacks these eating – it's not just a hot dog eating competition. He does like um, corned beef and like the buffalo wings and like pints of beer. Dude, he's been crushing it every okay. single event. Let, let me say this too. You're 100% right about that. That – is he's more than an athlete. I mean, you that's a big time competition. You're literally timed against many other people about how many hot dogs you can eat. Like that is an that is a sport and an athlete in its own setting. Right. And he's so superior that like none of the people he's competing against are legit competition to him. He's just competing against himself to break his own world record at this point. Like, it's insane what he does year in and year out. Like, remember, I don't know if you guys remember, but like 10 years ago, everyone was like, oh my God, this dude ate 50 hot dogs. They thought 50 was crazy. This dude ate 25 more, and everyone's like, holy cow, 75. Yeah, yeah. that's insane. Next year, it'll be probably 90. I would love to see the guy eat over 100 hot dogs. That's, uh, that's wild. In 12 minutes, man. Like, dude. That's crazy. And the way he trains to get his stomach extended and like the jaw muscle training, there's like a 30 for 30 on this too. And it's absolutely unbelievable. But like he's probably in the top 10 for greatest athletes of all time or greatest humans of all time. And it's not like he just doesn't do anything after these eating contests. I read somewhere that he, he like parties and goes, hangs out and does shots with people afterwards. Like it's Might insane, well. but I'm sure those next day, uh, next day shits have to be pretty good. <laughs> Probably doesn't have to eat for a while. Well, I don't know because he extended his stomach, so like maybe it like digests fast. Yeah, he's probably still hungry after those 75 hot dogs. Yeah, would you think of like athlete, like training athletes to be like uh, hot dog eaters or competitive eaters? <laughs> like, like physically? competitive eating. Like if you're training the if you're training other people to be competitive eaters, because I know you're an athlete trainer. I mean, there's got to be there's got to be some people that do that. Even, like the only flex the that jaw, boy. Could, <laughs> yeah, the only thing I could think about training a hot dog eating guy would be like reactive skills, picking up the hot dogs as quick as you can, and also like jaw and mouth exercises and like neck like moving your jaw like you could take a band wrap it around something at the top like a triphasic bar or whatever pull up bar put it on your jaw and then do like jaw extension exercises and that you can strengthen your jaw and try to chew the hot dog quicker i mean it's crazy how it like how into the training you can get 
um, when you really think about it. But you do that may make a whole that may make make a big difference. How quick he can move his jaw? He can eat extra ten hot dogs by the rate that he can eat his jaw, and by the rate that he can move his jaw. So, I mean, that's the only thing you could really do, I would say. And then, like, being able to move your arm really quick. So, like, bicep exercises. <laughs> but that's pretty much it. Like, I mean, dude, this guy's an stomach. animal, man. I know he is. You know, he's he is so underrated. I wonder how much he makes annually. He should get the Patrick Mahomes contract, man. Really. <laughs> Someone's got to pay him $500 million to eat all those hot dogs. Like, people love that shit. I don't know why they don't broadcast all these other eating competitions regularly. Like, I think he shoveled down, like, 200 uh, buffalo wings in, like, 10 minutes or something like that. I, I, know, I saw a video of him chugging 13 pints of beer in a minute and a half. Which is unbelievable. It's insane, dude. <laughs> I'll tell you what, if they were paying professional eaters like him that kind of money, I'd be next in line and get trained to eat like that. Oh my god, I would too. Like I'd it's amazing. That. It's amazing what that guy's able to accomplish. And you would get so much bass if you could shove seventy five hot dogs down your throat <laughs> in twelve minutes. <laughs> It, dude, dude, even like chugging thirteen pints and beer in two minutes, dude. Like even I, that. Oh my God, dude, I would never need another fishing pole in my life. I wouldn't <laughs> need a crab cage. I wouldn't need nothing. They just they just come to you. They know you're in the water. So much bass, dude. Oh my God. <laughs> How many you think you can eat in twelve minutes? Only two. Realistically, like seriously, in twelve minutes. Yeah. Oh man, twelve minutes forcing hot dogs down my throat. Probably about. I mean, I could eat a lot. I think we all can eat a shit ton. I'm gonna say probably about like ten to fifteen. Really? Dude, you gotta oh, think a hot dog. Dude, a, minute, a hot dog a minute. But you gotta think of the bun too. Yeah, a hot dog a minute. Ten to fifteen. A hot dog twelve a minute. minutes. I, I think I can only do like five or six. And, dude, I eat a lot, man. Oh, I'm talking about forcing it down. Like, <laughs> that thing is coming right sick. out. <laughs> no, no, no. Like, you're chewing it. You're chewing it, but you feel, like, sick when you're done with it. Like, I'm sure you feel sick. You're going to feel sick either way. But let's do this <laughs> next year. True. Let's do this. We'll have oh, the Bench Bros Hot Dog Eating Contest. contest? Okay. F- flex Dogs. Ah, we'll do the hot dog eating contest. Sure. <laughs> Wait, Brandon, what do you think realistically? Uh, man, I don't know. I don't even like hot dogs to begin with. I'm more of a burger <sighs> guy. I gotta I have say, ketchup on the hot dog in order for me to eat it. It's gotta be some flavor. I mean, if you want me to force them down my throat like they do in the eating contest, like dipping that shit in water and shoving them in there. <laughs> That's what they do. <laughs> like. <laughs> Dude, it's nasty. It is nasty. I'd never want want to look at another hot dog again. When I was working with NYPD, where I was working at, it was really close to Coney Island. And like a couple officers in my building had to work the uh, contest. And this was around 4th of July. And I was like, well, how is it? Is, Is it like 
are you up close with the eaters? Like what, what goes on? He goes, dude, it is so gross. I had to sit, <laughs> I had to stand next to the eaters and all you hear is just the slobber of like hot dogs just going down. And it's so ne- like, there's a splash zone. They call it a splash zone where like the butt, the wet buns and the water just goes flying. <laughs> <laughs> That's so fucking nasty. Dude, I, I, I think I could do five or six. Hey, you really think you can do 10 hot, 10 hot dogs? That's kind of a lot, actually. <laughs> yeah, I, I got I to I I think about that. Like, looking at 10 hot dogs right now. Are we talking you about You don't have the biggest stomach in the world either. Are we talking about Sabrettes? Just your regular Frank hot dog. And <laughs> uh, the Sabrette kosher hot dog. <laughs> oh, man. I don't know. The I, ones I, with the cheese in them. I'm gonna I'm gonna say about probably I don't know, dude. Maybe maybe say at ten then. All right. One okay, <laughs> let me think. Hold on. One, two, three. No. Nah, probably about like eight. Cause that's a lot. <laughs> I, I'd say I could do about eight. Yeah. That's pushing yeah. it. Dude, I'm telling you, you're coming hungry. Like you're coming starved. Just ran four miles, bench press 225 to 15. Like, oh, get out of here. You're coming hungry. <laughs> I don't. I think coming hungry is a terrible strategy, though. Wouldn't you want to come in so that way you know how to pace yourself? Like, well, if you're hungry, you just want to shove anything down. And then, like, once your hunger goes away, you're like, okay, why am I doing this? Oh, I want to come in starved. I don't know. That's an interesting. I I really want to get trained for this to see how things go, like how you prepare to shove down like dude, six yeah. pounds of corned beef. Come train with me, dude. All right. Um, that's pretty much it. Anything else? Uh, Steven Stamkos is out. Um. He has like a lower body injury, I think, and he's not going to be in training camp. That's a big hit for the Tampa Bay Lightning. Is he coming back though? I don't know. I didn't see any uh, any other news. That's so a I'm huge sure. hit if he doesn't go. That's, that's a big their, one. Holy cow! Captain, yeah, it's literally their captain. Is he the cap? I thought the captain was uh. No, Steven Stamkos, um, dirty, oh, wow, dirty really? player, very underrated. Oh yeah. Great player, great mind, great shot, great athletic ability too. Well, well, if Ovechkin wasn't in the league, then he would have like the best like one timer. Steven Stamkos. Yeah. Yeah. When it comes to power yeah. plays, dude, Tampa yeah, Bay's power play is amazing with Kucherov in there. I thought Kucherov was the captain. Wow. Okay. No, I think Steven Stamkos. I- I'm pissed that they just like cannot make the playoffs. Like where they make the playoffs, but they just don't do well. Like I just don't get it. Yeah, they have so much talent, and especially Vasilevsky too. He's such a great goalie. Yeah, and then you got um, who's the big Victor Hedman? Is just so big. Like how are you? I know he's an assistant captain or whatever you call it. Yeah, but assistant captain. I don't know. I don't know who. Uh, it might be Steven Stamkos. I'm pretty sure it is. All right. Well, other than that, anything else? Oscar well, um, cancer free, I do believe. Oh, I think but we mentioned that the other day. But yeah, I think that's it. 
What about you, Brandon? That's all I got, man. The hot dog eating contest. Now I want a hot dog. (laughs) And and fishing boys. Says the dude that says he doesn't like hot dogs. But now I want one. You know, the ones (laughs) with the cheese in them. (laughs) Fishing boys. It's been pretty good. Yeah? Oh, yeah. We did get a fishing update. So, pounds. Pounds cartoon, dude. What? Oh, well, uh, do fishing first. Pounds, okay. what's up? We- okay, fishing. So no striped bass yet, no blue fish. Uh, Loser. They're catching blackfish. They're catching black sea bass in the bay, I do believe. It's too early, but they're doing it. Fluke season has been strong. Um, still catching skates and sharks. I'm pretty pissed off, but is what it is. Hey. Well, I guess your prime is going to come in August. Dude, if yeah, you go this season like, without di- getting anything, I mean, that's such a disappointment. Like, you might as well dude, just be cut. If, yeah, you might as well cut me, honestly, because if, <laughs> if I if I don't get if I don't get one fish this year, I'm gonna be really pissed off because I had to go to Bayhead last year and I caught a northern kingfish and a bluefish, like small blue, and then the rest of the time it was all just they call them trash fish, but like sharks and shit. So annoying, <clears throat> but is what it is. All right, go ahead. Go to Trailerville. Are you sure? Yeah, don't stall either. Okay. Start your engine, boys. We are in Kentucky. 267 laps. The track length is 1.5 miles long. It's tri-oval. And our winners today, you'll never believe it. Cole Cluster. Cole, Cole Cluster. First place, followed by my boy. Martin Truex Jr. and third place Matt DiBenedito, and then Kevin Harvick, and then Kurt Busch. No Kyle Busch today. Very surprised. Kyle Busch twenty first place. Chase Elliott twenty three. Um, did not watch the race. I was out all day, but uh, it's nice to see Truex is the second place there, and to see Cole Custer hit first place. Who the hell is Cole Cluster? Is it Cluster or Custer? No, Custer. He's he's a he's been a NASCAR racer for a while, forty one car. Really? Yeah, dude. You I thought forty one. Uh, Kurt Bush. No, wait, hold no, on. No, no, Cole Custer. It's my uh, my stepdad. It's your stepdad. Ah, <laughs> uh, I don't know who the hell he is, but cool. Yeah. He's... Yeah. That, that's it. <laughs> I mean, there was didn't watch it. And there was not much going on. Wait, so. they didn't have a race for the fourth. Uh the fourth. Did they have one? The Brickyard. Oh yeah, the Brickyard in Indianapolis. That was a pretty crazy race. Cole Cole Custer came in fifth place, but obviously, once again, to bring this back, Kevin Harvick came in first place, and then second place Matt Kenseth, and third place Eric Amarola. So. We're starting to get a little bit of a switch up here. It's not the same guys, um, which is pretty nice to see. Besides, just Kevin Harvick placing first place all the time. But um, that was a pretty crazy race. Someone had to get taken. One of the crew members had to get taken to the hospital because they got hit by one of the cars. That was pretty wild. Really? Like, did he fly five feet or whatever? No, like he didn't fly. But so at Indiana Speedway, the pit is really tight. Like really, really tight for I don't know. Yeah, because it's an F one track. It's it's dude, it's really tight. So all the cars are coming in, 
stopping it at their um at their pits and they crashed and they it was like a pretty big crash i guess the car slid into the pit and it hit one of the crew members of i don't know whose team but he had to literally get taken out like an ambulance it's pretty crazy what did he have any injuries or what i don't know i don't know they just didn't they didn't say we need deets ant (laughs) no they didn't say anything i didn't hear anything on, on it oh Cool stuff, yeah. man. You need to be a NASCAR insider. You're doing more promoting for NASCAR than ESPN does. Dude, yeah, for real, seriously. <laughs> I do more for NASCAR than any of these these besides Fox Speedway or whatever the channel is. It was like early in the early in the race too. They said it was uh like lap 16 of 160 or whatever it was. But Ryan Blaney this is one of Ryan Blaney's crew members. Damn, so. that must suck. Because like those car, those cars might be light with but when dude, it comes to materials, coming, but coming they're hot. coming hot. Yeah, yeah, yeah really hot. And Where that, to hit that's them? A lot of, that's a lot of. Uh, I don't know. That's a lot of cars too, all at once. Like they all pitted at the same time. And another thing too is I think Jimmy Johnson um, tested positive for coronavirus. So I think he was out of the race and someone was replacing him. Oh, it wasn't you? <laughs> no, dude. Oh, dude, we gotta nah. get you in. Nah, I should I should have been in. I don't know why. I don't know why. That would be pretty, an all time moment. Pretty disappointed by you would, that. You would just you would <laughs> this is what you would do. You would literally come to the pits, be like, All right, I got a piss, boy. Someone take over for a couple of laps. Yeah. <laughs> I wish dude, I wish. I could have a day behind the wheel. That'd be awesome. It's tough, man. The amount of G-force those guys take in. It's just constant. Um, what's it and you're pretty much in like a heater suit. Like those cars get hot. Oh, there's dude. You know how much liquid they're losing? They're losing so much. You do like talk about training. These guys, I'm, I'm almost positive. A lot of these guys train besides Kyle Busch. Yeah, I'm sure of it. Like, I, how do you train for that though? Just, it's just endurance and like like toughness, like just hard reps. I'm sure. Like that's how I would train a NASCAR driver. Is they gotta train the forearms. Forearms. Train the forearms. Yeah, then, you gotta take care of that wheel, dude. Yeah, the forearms and also the your core and your back because you're sitting all the time. Yeah, that's a big part of it. And then also, uh, just just I would like just do a lot of endurance training like a lot of like stamina and just just because you got to think you're behind that car for so long you're sweating you're going so fast you need to train at that like as fast as you can right top speed all right that's it for trailerville yeah that is it good show guys yeah thanks boys what's the saying for trailerville you got a slogan uh welcome to ants trailer day what up no i don't know there's really nothing to say. It's just my trailer. Every trailer, Thanks. every trailer park has a slogan right underneath of it. They got it. Sunnyvale, like home sweet home. What? What is the one? Sunnyvale, Sunnydale, Sunnydale, Sunnyville right? trailer park. <laughs> no, is it Sunnyvale or Sunnydale? Sunnyville, Sunnyville, all one word. No trailer park boys like Sunnydale. It, right? Yeah, all one word. Sunnyville. Yeah. Sunnyville. That's what I want to be. Rip Leahy.
man, he's missed. He is missed. All but. right, guys, that is all the time we have for today. Thanks for joining us. You have any comments or you want to get into the conversation, let us know. Let us know what you think about Patrick Mahomes getting a crap ton of money. What do you think about Cam Newton? Is he going to have success with the Patriots? And what do you think about the jeopardy of college football? Are we going to have a season or not? Like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Bench Bros Sports. Follow us on Instagram at Original Bench Bros. We keep you up to date on every headline throughout the week on those pages as long as our podcast dropping. We also have a website. Go check us out at BenchBrosSports.com. Uh, we have blogs up there. We have our past shows. Make sure you go check that out. We are available for podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, and other media services. Again, thank you for listening. Guys, last words. Nope. Enjoy the, the week. Coming week, yes. Be I'm safe, be smart, work hard. You're going to Yeehawville? What? No, I'm going He's to going Yaha. Yaha'sville. Yas. Yaha's West Coast, Florida. Oh, West Coast, Florida. Oh, yeah, bud. Wait, you already pretty much are on West Coast, Florida. You're just in Tampa. He is West Coast. That boy, Spring Hill. Right? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, boy, West Coast. Dude, I'm so confused. Whatever. All right, that's Brandon. (laughs) (laughs) That's Anthony. I'm Wes. Thank you for listening. We hope you join us next time at Bench Bros. We out. (laughs) 